Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Luke chapter 10. God has something. Um, the only way I know to describe it for you, this is not an ordinary day. God has something he wants to say, something he wants to do in your life and in our lives as a corporate body. Last week we spent some time from the scriptures reminding ourselves of the greatest priority of our lives. Love God. Love God. If you never accomplish anything else in your life and yet you love God, you've been successful. If you never reach that career you always thought you'd reach for, if you, if you never attain the goals in your life you thought you would attain, and yet in spite of it all, you love God, you have succeeded in what you were designed and created for. When Jesus was asked last week, we were in the book of Mark chapter 12, when Jesus was asked by the teacher of the law, what was the greatest commandment? Actually, Jesus' answer was not what the man had anticipated. He said, what is the greatest? And actually what Jesus did was give recognition to the two most important. He said, the greatest commandment is this, love God. And the second one is like it, to be compared to it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He shared them both because they are inseparable. You cannot share one without the other. You cannot interact with one and not interact with the other. It is the it is the thought process, if you will. It is the hand and the glove, the two. The, the glove is empty without the hand. The two go together. The two. The, the glove is made for the hand. We are made to love God, and we are also made to love others. Christ was pointing out the only Two things that will be in heaven with us, God and others. Nothing else goes. Nothing else will be there. When we talk about setting the best priorities of our lives as believers in Christ, we set them for the things that, yes, we have experienced here, but things that we have here that will carry over into eternity. And the only things that will carry over is your relationship with God and others. It's no wonder that the enemy of our souls and the enemies of our eternal destiny would try to distract us. We've been in this series distracted. No wonder the enemy would work to distract us from what is most important. It's so easy in the world, the culture that you and I live in today, to become distracted from loving God and loving others. 
You know, one of the terms that we find in our culture today that seems to be surfacing again and again, you see it in the news, you see it in the social media, it is the term narcissism. Narcissism, it means an excessive interest in one's own self. Actually, that spirit of narcissism was prophesied for our day in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. Listen to these words and, and think to yourself, don't these words describe the current culture, the current atmosphere of our world today? He says this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, times will be very difficult. People will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Notice this last sentence. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. They'll be reckless, be puffed up with pride Notice this, and love pleasure rather than God. They will, though, act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. I think the passage that would come right along beside that would be Romans 12, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Our world today is distracted with self, self-wants, self-desires, self-fulfillment. We have become intoxicated with pleasure. We are pleasure seekers pleasure lovers, and the only thing we want is more pleasure. Christ's command that we find in Mark 12 and today as we look at Luke chapter 10 stands in the face of the rising trend when he says this, love your neighbor like you love yourself. When we grasp the gravity of this second command, we see the life that he calls us to as disciples. We've all been called to be disciples. We've all been called to be believers, but there comes a point we move on from our believing and we become disciples in our believing. It's easy to understand why you know, when you look at the book of Acts and you see the formation of the church, the church is an organization, the church is an entity forming after the day of Pentecost, 
God begins to put things together. He begins to create a mighty army. And what we find is in that army there of the early church, when one person had a need, the one that had the ability to meet the need did so. You find passage after passage where they say, you know what, there, there was a need, and some of them took and sold some land they had, took the money, brought it back so the needs could be met in somebody else's life. If somebody had a, an extra thing, and somebody, they brought the things so that they could meet the needs of someone else. You see, when you love others, it's no problem to give them whatever they need. Let me give you a good example. Um, when my mother and father were both living, if I needed something and they weren't home and what, they, what I needed was in their house, I would just go to the house and get it. Because my parents love me. If, if my dad, if I was uh, engaged in a project and I needed a specific tool, my dad had it, he never felt like I was stealing or robbing from him if I just went and got it and brought it home. Because it met the need in my life. He had what I needed. And so he didn't care why. Why? It wasn't just because he was a father figure in my life. It was because my dad loved me. So really what my dad in his love was saying is whatever is mine is yours. Isn't that the phrase we use in marriage covenants? We twist it a little bit, don't we? What's mine is mine and what's hers is mine. Yeah, we do twist it, don't we? We may not outwardly, but how many of you know we do it in here, don't we? Why can we say what's hers is mine and what's mine is hers? Because love is the foundation of that. This command is one that all the others operate on. It's no wonder he said the greatest commands are this, love God and love others, because everything else operates, swings off of these two commandments. When he says forgive others, he's basing it off the premise that you love them. Even if they despitefully use you. You see, when we understand this, it makes sense then when he says, if someone makes you walk one mile, walk two. If they take your cloak, give them your coat also. If someone wants to borrow from you, Give it to them. Here we go. Get ready. Not expecting to get it back. I don't know about y'all, but that hits me where I live. 
how can this operate? How can I have that kind of mind frame? Because let's be honest. Let's, we're in church. Listen, we can put on front, but God already knows anyways. So we're not, you may fool the neighbor, but we, we haven't fooled God. God knows. God knows when we have a hard time. You know, one of the big jokes Paul and I had for years was when we first started dating, we would go out and eat, and I love french fries. I never in my life, I don't think, have probably ordered a small french fry. And so we would go to eat, and uh, I'd say, you know, what do you want? She goes, oh, that's all right. I'll just have some of your fries. <laughs> and in my head, I went, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you will. <laughs> and so, but yeah, we're dating, so I can't, you know, I can't be that rude. And so I said, oh, honey, I'll buy you some. <laughs> if you want some fries, I'll just buy you some. 31 years later, I've come to the place where if I want more fries, I just get them. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is she still eats part of my fries. <laughs> the reason we struggle is because we're selfish. The reason I struggle is because I'm selfish at heart. You see, that's, that's, that's common. That's normal. That's the world we live in. We live in a world that operates on if you borrow, it's collateral. I give, you bring it back. I give you the tool, you bring it back. Businesses operate like that. We operate like that. But that is not the life he's calling us to. Oh, Jesus. If we're not careful, we love the things more than we love the people. That's where it is. I love the tool. I love the money. Listen, he's never asking you Lord Jesus. He's never asking you to give what you don't have. If you don't have $10 in your pocket, he's not asking you to give 10. He's asking you to give out of the things he's blessed you and I with. The danger is we begin to love things more than people. Isn't that what we talked about last week? We, we were in Revelation 2, and the church, uh, the angel to the church at Ephesus said, you know, you've done these things. You have exposed false prophets. You have, you have been faithful. You have endured hardship. You have went through terrible things for my name. He said, except I hold this against you, you've left your first love. You've been busy doing the things instead of loving me. Can I submit to you that often we have loved our things more than we've loved people. We've loved our time. Jesus. Yeah. I just need to go kneel down and repent probably right there. I'm just being honest. My time is more than important. My 
resources is more important. My plan that I had for the day, dear Lord Jesus, is more important. Telling you today what's happening in here is the Holy Spirit is speaking things that he wants to change in us. Whew. I told you there's something different about today. The challenge comes for us uh, when he says love others, and the challenge comes in when we say the words, well, what about me? Our natural tendency leans to be distracted from what Christ is really calling us to, and our attention always seems to come back to us. What about what I want? What about me? That's why he says, love them the way you love yourself. One of the ways that we love ourselves is we take care of ourselves, don't we? Even sometimes, I, I've run into people who may not like something about themselves, but they still love themselves. They'll, they'll protect, they'll take care of. How many of y'all eat? Why do you do that? Because yourself says, I need it, don't you? You do things that takes care of self. Have y'all ever, you, you don't worry about something or somebody else being put out because you're taking care of self. It's in the midst of that thought, he says, I want you to love the person sitting next to you. I want you to love the person living next to you. I, I want you to love the person working next to you the same way you love yourself. I'm going to be real honest with you today, and I've already, if you're offended, you're already offended. I would say we all struggle with this, and I would say we all probably fail in this so many times. I'm not saying every time, but I think we fail in this a lot. This is really a deep truth. See, forget, forget and lay aside all of the spiritual things. Forget, lay aside all the spiritual gifts and all of the everything else. If you don't get this one down, none of the rest matter. In fact, if you don't believe it, you just go back to 1 Corinthians 12, and it talks about the gifts, and it says, if you have not love, you're just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Wow. We haven't got to the text yet. <laughs> so let's go there, Luke chapter 10. You see, there's a story in the Bible where there's some individuals who were distracted from loving another because of self, and it's these people we're going to find in the story. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, it says, and on one occasion, an expert, notice that, that's important, an expert in the law, he knew, he knew. He didn't just have a little knowledge, he was an expert in the law. He stood up, here's another key word, to test Jesus. How many know you're never going to test Jesus? Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? 
what is written in the law, Jesus said. Isn't it amazing how Jesus just threw it back to him? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. Boy, isn't that us? We're always trying to justify ourselves. So he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, So who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said this and gave a story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. It's the place where the Jews are. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, here's the key words, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, Levite was the religious, uh, the ones who took care of things in the temple. They administered in the temple. A Levite, when he came to the place, saw him and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, and that's very important to understand that word there, because the Samaritans had no dealings with the Jews. To put it in perspective, you want to talk about racial issues? Right here it is. The Jews saw the Samaritans as dogs. Half-breeds. You're not even good enough to be a part of who we are. You're just dogs. That's the mindset of the day. So the Jews passed by the Samaritan as he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, here's some very important words, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own Important words there again. He put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, here we go, I will reimburse you for any expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Jesus told a story. And the story was to illustrate and to give an example of what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. Paula mentioned earlier, today we have um, 
Chris and Missy Paget with us. They are our special guests. They are missionaries to downtown Indianapolis. Not only we, uh, we also have McCarty's here with us, missionaries today. Uh, today is Missions Day, and we didn't even know it. And uh, the Rogers are here with us today. We are blessed to have men and women of great faith here in the house with us today. I'd like to ask Chris to come, and uh, Chris is going to take just a few minutes, and he's going to just share a little bit about what's happening in downtown Indy. Uh, most of you know Jay Covert. Jay has been with us many times, and Chris is connected with Jay, and uh, we have begun to sponsor them monthly, and as well, uh, I mentioned to you last week or the week before that we had given some money to help with some hygiene kits to help them in what they're doing. Um, Chris, we're honored today, my friend, to have you. Um, if you, I will tell you, if you're not following Chris on Facebook, you need to do so. Uh, man, there's so much out there you don't want to see on Facebook. This is the one you want to see. Uh, you'll see some incredible pictures and some incredible ministry going on in downtown Indy. Let me get you a mic. God bless you, my friend. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate you, Pastor, for having us and for all your support that you've given us so far. It's an honor for Missy and I to be here. My wife, Missy, uh, and I moved over to Indianapolis area in April of this year. Uh, we're, we're, As Pastor said, we're connected with Jay Covert. Uh, we're we're going to be the number 11th urban outreach. And if you guys know urban outreach, we go to the most dangerous parts of America where a lot of places have bailed out of. We go and share the gospel. We go and share the word. And because of your blessing bags, Pastor, we, we are able to, we first, before you go into that area, you have to build a rapport with people. And those blessing bags allow that to take place with Missy and I. So Urban Outreach is a debt-free ministry. Uh, all the buildings that Jay and his guys have have been given to them. And we're believing we're going to plant down in Indianapolis in the worst part of town we can in a building. And we're going to spread the gospel because that's what God has told us to do. Um, you'll see some slides up there, brothers, if you guys want to scroll through them. It's just pictures that Pastor talked about that we've taken and put on Facebook. Um, there's my 18-year-old wife up there. But they're the blessing bags, and I do have some on the table back there. To sh we brought that to show you what your, what your support has helped us give out on the street. A lot of times you have to meet people's needs before they let you share Christ with them, and that's what we're doing. But People look at me and say, what is a 51-year-old man and an 18-year-old woman doing leaving what they know? That sounds bad. I shouldn't say it like that. Uh, I, 30, 30, 30, we'll go with 30. Uh, what are you doing leaving your area to come over to a city? And there's that boy right there on the screen, his name is Ramel. We were ministering in Alton, Illinois at a housing project, and Ramel was a very good student. He's a he was born and raised in the ghetto, victim of a circumstance like a lot of people are. He loved playing basketball, so he was waiting on a bus. Two weeks after we ministered to them at a Christmas party, he was waiting on a big brother and big sister bus to come and get him. And the next slide of a gentleman drove by because there was a Facebook beef. He just got out of prison for juveniles. He was there for seven years. Uh, he drove by. There was a Facebook beef on who could be the best rapper. You know, that's important in today's world. He pulled out a gun and he shot into the crowd and he killed Ramel. Ramel was an innocent little victim and 
Two weeks after that, we had a memorial, and we had to try to explain to his mom why. And I don't have the answers for that, other than we live in a fallen, evil world. Whenever this happened, God, I got mad. And I didn't get mad at God, but I got mad because a little 11-year-old boy died in his brother's arms. And we had to explain to his mom why. God told me to go. This is where I got my calling. God told me to go. I want you to go to the inner cities because of things in your past, because of your history. See, God don't waste mistakes, guys. Especially if you repent, he does not waste mistakes. He told me, I want you to go. So I come home and told Missy, we're going to go to the inner city. And I'm not sure what she felt about that at the time. Um, but that's what we're doing. Uh, I met Jay in, I met Jay before 2017, but I'd been doing outreach in East St. Louis, St. Louis, and different areas of the country, um, in that area of the country. And when I met Jay and in 2017, he said, you're going to be working with me soon. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't so sure about that. But God has called us to the inner city of Indianapolis. And guys, we can only do it through the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor you're an evangelist if you're born again. Because you are. There's, there are people that your pastor in your circle of friends and the people that you deal with on a daily basis, your pastor will never meet. His job is to prepare you to go out and be witnesses. And, and the reason, one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit was sent to us is to give us boldness. Um, is it, people ask me, oh, you're crazy. You're, you're going into areas that you shouldn't be going into. The Holy Spirit guides us and directs us, and I'm not afraid. I love that song, sister, that you sang. I'm going to have to put that on our playlist. Um, the song we initially adopted was Crushing Snakes by Crowder because that's what we're going. We're going into the enemy's territory, and, and we're, we're setting ground. We're not leaving. We're going to go down there. We're going to plant a church eventually, uh, plant ministry, and we're going to, we're going to try to re- see some people redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. But a few of these, this picture is of a lady. I thought that was a gentleman at first because she had her head shaved, and she was facing away from me. She, she has a terminal illness on the street. She wouldn't tell me what it was. Um, she's been on the street for four years with this terminal illness. Can't even imagine. Um, but I told her, every time I see her, I will pray for her. We believe in praying healing over people, Pastor. We believe in our, in our Assembly of God and our Pentecostal heritage. We believe in laying hands on the sick. We believe in casting out demons. We practice that. And it's only because the Holy Spirit gives us that authority, and God gave us that authority. But I, I told her, every time I see you, I will pray for you. But do you know Jesus is your personal Savior? Because that's more important than anything because we're all going to die. And she said that she did. I got to pray for her. She didn't want me to touch her because of her disease. She didn't tell me what her disease was. It was terminal. But I said, Jesus touched lepers. I don't care what your disease is. I'm going to lay hands on you if you want me to. I, I wouldn't do that without my wife being there. Some people are uncomfortable with that. Um, I haven't seen her since. But I am going to run into her, and I'm going to keep my promise. Every time I see her, I'm going to pull my van over. I don't care if it's in the street or not. My van's old and anyway, so I can hit the flashers, and maybe it looks like I'm broke down or something. <laughs> but I'm going to pray for her. And then just recently we ran it. Those guys wanted their picture taken with me. Usually that's a very difficult thing to do in the inner city. Uh, and where Jay's from, it'll get you shot if you get caught taking pictures of people. These guys wanted their, she was charging her phone, and they thought she was taking pictures while she was trying to plug her phone in. And they were like, get her a picture. And I'm like, okay. And I'll take those opportunities. But there was another lady somewhere, and we'll have the slides out on our table, who was standing by a telephone pole, and I'll end with this, Pastor. 
she was standing by a telephone pole and you could tell there was a makeshift memorial there and she was sobbing and we were actually looking at buildings and ministering to people handing out bags and I felt the Holy Spirit say pull over and minister to that lady so we pulled over uh, Missy stayed in the car because we were in kind of a bad part of town and uh, I got out and I went across the street to her and I said ma'am can I, I I don't mean to interrupt your moment here but what's going on and she said that her brother was sitting at this. We were at a four-way stoplight in the middle of Indianapolis. And this is in town, you know, not on the freeway. And somebody hit her brother head on the night before at 50 mile per hour. It hit him so hard it threw him out of his vehicle. And then they rolled over him and killed him. Now, as I'm talking to her, guys, she's smoking a blunt. She's smoking weed right in front of me. And I'm, she looked at me and she's trying, trying to hide it. And I'm like, I don't care about that. I have something to give to you. That's more important and to get you higher than that weed. And that's Jesus. Amen. And I was able to pray for her and, and, and just minister to her a little bit. The thing is, anybody can do this. I'm not saying if you're not called to, to go leave your home, but you are called to be a witness. And there, I'm telling you, the world we live in, it's easy to get distracted. I love the title because we all get distracted. But the world we live in, they need answers. And, and people, we have the answer. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid to give that answer to people. Don't ever be afraid. Thank you. Amen. God bless you, my brother. The need is definitely great. But I think it's sometimes easy to say, how does that apply to me? Because Chris has been called to downtown Indy. Um, maybe you've been called. The place that God's planted you is in Marion or Gas City or Jonesboro or Muncie, Kokomo, wherever. And, you know, the truth is, God doesn't call every one of us to leave our job to go full-time and do that. And so we say to ourselves sometimes, how, how does that apply to me? Yes, you and I can give, and we will continue as a church body and as an organization. I will tell you, when you give missions every month, it's not going just to prop up something. It's going to speak Jesus to people around the world. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Sarah um, shared what God is enabling us as a church and those of you in this church to connect with and doing in downtown Marion and touching people's lives. And I'll be honest with you, there'll be some of you that will engage there and some of you that may not be your area. But you, some of you may give to support that work that's going on there. So the question then we come to is, how then do I love my neighbor? What does it look like if this is in our story, the story of the Good Samaritan, if that's what loving our neighbor looks like, and if, 
as Chris and Missy are downtown Indy, and we, that's, that's what loving our neighbor looks like, and Sarah was up here a few weeks ago, and that's what loving our neighbor looks like, then if I'm not doing those things, how does loving my neighbor, what does that look like? What does that look like when um, driving a school bus? What does that look like when I'm at the factory? What does that look like when I'm retired? What, what does that look like when uh, I'm at work? What does that look like when I'm selling insurance? What does that look like when I'm uh, doing electrical repairs at the factory? How, how, do, how do I love my neighbor then? Come here, Jeremy. Um, Jeremy told me a story this week about a, an encounter he had. Um, I want you to share that encounter with, with him this morning. I, I was um, just this uh, last week, and I had been uh, talking to our kids about uh, just how uh, simple acts of kindness to just to show love to people. And it was just uh, challenging them. And then obviously, um, I'm just like, hey, I'm challenging the students. So I want to step up on myself and do all that I can um, to, to do that. And I was just uh, in Walmart. And how many know it's easy just to ignore everybody around you and just do what you're doing? Especially I, I, Walmart. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is easy just to be focused on what you're doing and forget that there's people all around you that you truly have no idea what's going on. You have no idea. And so I was doing that, and I was, um, I was focused. Um, I, don't tr- I, I don't like being at Walmart for a long time. <laughs> and so I, I'm like one of those guys that's like uh, NASCAR with the cart going through the aisles and stuff, you know, just as fast as I can while I was going. And as I was going uh, by, I saw a lady who was reaching down and she was getting a 50-pound bag of uh, cat litter. And, and I was, my, so my, my thought was, I was going by, well, that's going to be heavy for her. And, and, and so, and so, and, and so I, I just, I started scooting on around to, to go and do what I was going to do when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, what about the kindness? What about seeing and not just ignoring the world around you, but having a love for people that you actually look for ways to show kindness to people and to love them. And so I stopped and turned around and I I came and I said, hey, um, can I get that for you? And she was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. So I got there and I do have pretty big muscles and I reached down there and I just whipped that thing up and I put it, I put it in a card for her. And she, this, she said something that really um, that really spoke to me. She, she put her hand on my shoulder and she looked at me. She says, you have no idea how much you just made my day. And I thought about that later. And that one statement she said was, I needed somebody yeah. to show me kindness and love today. Yes. You have no idea yes. how much that made my day. Guys, it's really easy to walk and go through life doing our own thing. But, man, God calls us to be people that not just when it falls on our, at our lap to help people and to show kindness, but for us to go out of our way yeah. and to look for people to show kindness to and love to. And it can be done by simply helping them pick up something to put in their basket at Walmart. Yeah. 
Amen. Jesus said some words to the disciples one day when they were talking about the great harvest, bringing in the lost. He said this, he said, lift up your eyes and look at the harvest field. I would say most of us are similar to Jeremy. I've got my list. Walmart's one of the stops. I'm going in. I'm coming back out quickly. Because I've got 40 other places to go. I wonder how many days we push our carts past someone in need. And the only reason we don't see them is because we've not yet lifted up our eyes and looked around us. The key words to answering how do I live this thing out is found in the passage in Luke 10 that we read a few minutes ago, and I want to take your attention there, verses 36 and 37, Luke 10, 36, 37. Jesus tells the whole story, then he puts it back on the expert of the law, and he says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Now you understand that the people who had passed by, the teacher and the law, the rabbi, we saw the Levite that passes by, they were all busy doing the work of the Lord, but missed the opportunity. Jesus said, the one who had mercy on him. And take you back up into the story, the religious leaders had passed by, but it said the Samaritan, and there's a phrase right in the middle, said, took pity on him. Another word we could use, had compassion on him. He was filled with kindness towards him. It is the love of God that constrains us to have mercy on others. It is the love of God that constrains us to reach out to those who are in need. It's the love of God that lets us see uh, with eyes that are not of this world, but eyes that are of heaven and see people as they really are. Jesus said, love God, love people. If we'll concentrate on loving God and loving people, God will open opportunities for us to minister to people. I believe with all of my heart. If you're willing, He'll provide the opportunity. In fact, Psalm 37 declares that and Verse 23, it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, why did you end up going to Walmart earlier that day? You thought it was just in your plan, and yet the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. 
How many times do we say, well, I just happened to be here at the right time? The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Well, they just happened to get there at the same time I was there. The steps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord. If you have a heart that is willing to love other people, God will set up. You won't have to make it. It won't. You know, it's not like you have to go into Walmart and go, where's everybody that I need? You know, it's not like after today, everybody needs to go to the cat litter department and look for a lady lifting a 50-pound bag. (laughs) Some of you, you may see them in the parking lot before they even get there. Some of them, it may be at a stoplight. Some of them, it may be they were broke down on the side of the road. Some, again and again and again and again, he will provide opportunities if you will be willing to love other people. Let's bring all this down to a close. Really, what this comes down to is a change of heart. I'll never see them if my heart isn't changed. I'll never be willing to, if they force me to go one mile, go two if my heart is not changed. I'll never be able to pray for those who despitefully use me lie about me if my heart is not changed it's a change of heart i can't love others as myself without a change of heart can't love those who don't love me without a change of heart i can't love others the way god destined me to do without a change of heart Really, it brings us down to that point. Change me, Lord. I can tell you this. You won't have to work at being selfish. It'll come natural. It began in you and it began in all of us when we were little kids and somebody took something and we uttered the famous words, mine. And since that time, maybe we don't yell it out like a two-year-old does, but internally, we yell it out. My time, my money, my ways, my plan, my priorities, my, my this, my that. I would tell you this, friends, you will never give anything away that God doesn't have the ability to replace it. You know, sometimes I think we have junk when God wants to give us good things because we're not willing to give the junk so he can give us a good thing. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? There's times we keep a hold up and God's going, man, I, you know, I have something way better for you if you'll just let that thing go but we're still mine mine best thing to do is give up and let God take care of it all if God gave it to you the first time he can give it to you the second time the only way I you know um, I'll be honest with you, I believe this is a message that hits us all starting at the pulpit and goes all the way to the back and to the sides. So 
But I think the way to close this time is really a prayer with us all. Would you stand with me today? So grateful for you and so grateful that the Lord has allowed us to be together today in his house. What a great day today has been in his presence. Uh, let's, let's do this. I, I'm going to just lead us in a prayer, but I'll be honest with you. I believe the Lord has been speaking to all of our hearts in different ways, talking about different things while this morning's been happening. And so I believe he speaks to you about your things. And so I want to leave him to have that ability. So you, I'm just going to lead a prayer for us as a corporate body. But I think I encourage you just to talk to him. The things that have come to the surface, the things that, that you went, oh, man, oh, my. Talk to him about those things. And uh, I think it would be a wise prayer for us to pray, Lord, I do love you with all of my heart. Help me to love other people with the same intensity and the same commitment that I love you with. Let's bow our hearts. Father God, the Lord of all mercy and grace and kindness, <laughs> who forgives, the God who gives continually again and again and again in our lives, the God who loves us with an everlasting and undying love, we come to you today. Lord, it is not by accident that all of the pieces of the puzzle this morning have come together as they are because the steps of righteous people ordered by the Lord. Father, the things that have been said today, the pages of your word that have spoken to our hearts, pray, Lord, that you'll just... Uh, do your work in us. Lord, I pray a couple areas. Number one, I pray, Lord, change, change my heart. Change my heart. And I say, Lord, I'm so sorry for being so selfish. I'm so sorry for holding on to such temporary, um, empty things. And not latching on to people. I'm sorry for the days I've driven by and the Holy Spirit has prodded my heart to stop. I'm, I'm sorry for the times when I've been busy and, and I've been in my plans and I have been frustrated because somebody needed help and it messed up what I had anticipated. Sorry, Lord, for the days when I have allowed my things, my dreams, my ways, my plans to become paramount. Lord, I'm thankful today that you do love us, and I'm so grateful that you've given us the wonderful privilege of loving you. And I'm thankful that you have put people in our lives that we could not 
just love our family. Jesus, you said, where, where is the reward if we only love those who love us? God, you didn't call us or create us just to love a certain segment of society. You didn't call us or create us just to, to love a, a few people. Actually, you see everybody the same. Help us to do likewise. Help us to love the way you love. You've given us a great example to follow. Lord, I pray today you will change my heart, change our hearts. Change our hearts. Lord, the word says uh, in the Old Testament that you would take out our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh, one that could again feel Help us to feel pity on those who need it. Help us to feel kindness towards those who need it. Help us to feel compassion. Help us to once again feel compassion for those who need it. Help us to feel love for other people. Help us. Let our hearts cut away the calluses. Would you melt with the fervent heat of the Holy Spirit melt those calluses from our hearts and help us to love like you've loved us. I thank you that you are working in us. <laughs> this is not a message and this is not a day to day of disparity, but it's actually a day of hope and day of healing as you are working in us and you are, you are perfecting your work in us. For he who began a good work in you will complete it. And I'm thankful that you've not given up on us, but you're continually working in us. So Lord, help us this week to open our eyes and lift up our eyes and look under the harvest fields and help us to love our neighbor as ourselves. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, before you leave, I want to mention that Chris and Missy will be out at their table in the lobby. Um, McCarty's, um, if you all would like to be out there, if you have any prayer cards as well, uh, if you don't, if you're just here visiting, you're welcome to stop by and just visit with folks if you like. We love each of you. We're so grateful today to be with you in the house of the Lord. And our prayer is, as always, may the joy of the Lord always be your strength. God bless you all. Have a great week.